The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez with you as always on the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast. Ladies, this is a tough week because it's like we're waiting and we're waiting. You know the theme song, like we're waiting all day for Sunday night. Now we got to wait an extra day for Monday night football. You better hold your laugh, girl. Her eyes are already watering because I suck at waiting all day Sunday. I'm not even going to try to attempt that note by Carrie Underwood. Sorry. I'm not embarrassing myself like that today. I don't have it in me. So, I mean, it's safe to say like if we're... I cannot. I cannot. Pivot. Honestly, I I feel like somebody here... Here could like make that note happen if we tried hard enough. Nah. I can sing. I feel like Aisha could. Yeah. You heard me. Don't try to play me. She yeah. sings all the time. I forget. I forget. <laughs> Beautiful. Ooh, y'all wasn't ready for that today. No. It chills. <laughs> <laughs> Jazzy, you petty. You petty. <laughs> Absolute chills. What a start. What a start to If there's any show. Uh, music label records listening, Aisha Morrison, everybody's my second career. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll drop an, an Aisha single shortly. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, you know, it's just the point I was trying to make <laughs> is that, you know, like if, if it feels like this for us where we're kind of just like waiting and we're waiting and we're doing all the scouting and we're doing all the reading, I can only imagine how the players are feeling. And I know Micah kind of alluded to that. He was asked earlier, you know, like, how do you think kickoff's going to be? What do you think the wait's going to be like? He said, well, honestly, it's probably going to go by pretty fast. Yeah. So um, it's safe to say that the guys are feeling a little bit antsy about this one, but a good antsy. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this the other day where this – Loss on Sunday felt different than like the loss to say Jacksonville, where the guys mm-hmm. were just really bummed out. I mean, for weeks, not weeks, for days, it felt like weeks, but for days, you know, they were really kind of in a sour mood. The mood is much lighter. They feel a little bit more chipper. They feel a little bit more confident, which is good because we've talked a lot about Tom Brady and what Tom Brady can do from his perspective, but he's got to have someone to throw to. He's got to have someone to hand the ball off to. And so I want to get into that today. We know, of course, that our cornerback room is a little, it's been a little rough this year with injuries. It's been rocked. And we're now facing a team that has Mike Evans, a team that has Chris Godwin. They both were able to eclipse the 1,000 yard mark this year. I believe that they are the first duo to do that in quite some time. It's the fourth time in franchise history that they've had two players cross the 1,000-yard mark. They have combined for 2,147 yards. That's about half of what Tom Brady has thrown this year. So when you look at the threat that these guys bring, what is the challenge that the Dallas Cowboys secondary and the Dallas Cowboys corners and the DBs are going to have to face when they see a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin? All this passing game is very contingent on um, the quarterback, obviously, how quickly he gets the ball the ball out. But what they're looking to do, from what I saw, if you if they have opportunities to take deep passes, they're gonna take them. They're gonna take them. We've seen that. But really, what this offense does a lot is a lot of underneath stuff, just trying to get the ball out of their hands fast and let 
let the gentleman make plays with their legs. So even with Godwin, like he's getting he's getting plays. Like I think he's averaging at least close to nine, ten yards um, of reception, and that's because they're getting him out in space and giving him opportunities to use his speed. Now with Mike Evans, obviously he is a guy that is I consider him more of a possession guy at this point right now. But he does have the ability to go downfield, and they just will take shots if they're available to them. Especially since they're just so dependent on their passing game because their run game has been. I know we're going to get to it. It's like almost like, well, where is it? <laughs> Except for when it played the Cowboys. Like so, so this passing game is their bread and butter. I'll say that is their passing game right now is their bread and butter. And I'm not sure if I'm gonna. We could see them come in and do something totally different and try to run the ball when that's been their success this year. Yeah, and we know with a Tom Brady-led offense, he's going to get that ball out very quickly. Something um, Aisha and I went to Cowboys Crosstalk last night, and I was listening to Mickey Spagnola talk about this. He said that Tom Brady has thrown the ball 733 times this season. Now, when you look at uh, Chris Godwin and both Mike Evans and their numbers, uh, their targets together – amount to 269 of those 733 pass attempts from uh, Tom Brady. So it, it is a big concern. It is a concern. But what I also think to keep in mind when you're looking at everything going forward is what you've seen from this defense the last couple of weeks specifically was Dan Quinn trying to figure out what they were going to do when this time came. What you've been seeing is not the final product of this defense. We've heard him say in his press conference that this was him kind of scheming around, seeing the options weighed. Uh, you know, you, you have Xavier Rhodes, who's come on now, who we really haven't even gotten to see yet. There's just been a lot of moving parts in this defense. And so with that in mind, knowing that, again, Maybe the cornerback position has not been productive lately. It's just not the final product of it yet. So I'm excited to see what that final product look like looks like, whether it's more Nation Wright. Of course, uh, getting Xavier Rhodes in that mix is going to be very helpful. Hearing him talk in the locker room today uh, was it was one of those moments you're like, yeah. This guy's going to be here. It's, it's again, bringing that better shit. Better ship? Oh, my goodness. Veteran leadership. <laughs> better ship. It, it helps. Um, veteran <laughs> leadership in the room, and you can tell by how he presents himself that he's bringing that to that cornerback room. Yeah, I had an opportunity to watch Xavier practice today. I think it was the first time we had a chance to see him at practice. And to your point, just the way he fit right in, you know, with the guys, there was no real drop-off. You were watching him. You know, we only get to see the individual drills, so it's not like we really get to see that sure. much. But from what you could see he was all the way across the field and you know just working in with the with the corners working in with the safeties just kind of where he seeing where he fits so to speak and so from that aspect of it he looked really good he looked really sharp his footwork looked clean and I think that's a really important part of that position is being able to have clean footwork so that was really good and then just getting to talk to him one-on-one -on -one, uh you know he just him and Jay Ron are very close. They played together in Minnesota. So yeah. that relationship, which, by the way, we need to shout out Jay Ron really quick. He yes. was awarded the Good Guy Award from the Pro Rider Footballs Association's uh, Dallas chapter. Uh, and I, I imagine we're going to post that video somewhere. <laughs> if if we don't, DallasCowboys.com, I will post it. It was so cute presenting him that award. Xavier comes over and he's like, oh, we're presenting awards, and everyone's like, "Yeah, you're, yeah." Like J. Ron won, and he brought over a water bottle and dumped it all over J. Ron. So of course, you know that was really exciting. But uh, truly, a good guy who we spend a lot of time talking with, talking about. Uh, it's really been cool to see his development uh, as a DB. But yeah. going back to Xavier, I think he's to your point going to be a really sharp addition that veteran leadership and he talked about that as well just being that light in the way that uh ty hilton is to cd mm -hmm. into that wide receiver room too so 
we'll see. You know, it's a it's a one and done. I think the players obviously know that. That's kind of been leading them this week. So we'll see how much we get to see out of him. Uh, but I I really thought that he was a good addition. I know you had a conversation with him too. Just share yeah, with us what you guys he were seems confident. He just seems really confident in his ability, um, and just kind of how he feels about the game, how he looks at the game. But I was in the middle of talking to him, and he was going back and forth with J-Ron. And I, I went over to J-Ron and was like, is it cool for you to have a friendly in this room? Even like Malik Hooker when T.Y. Mm-hmm. came in, is we talk about this brotherhood and stuff like that. And if he is going to be playing their connection and having that connection and communication in the secondary, I think is going to be dope. But I also caught up with Nashawn Wright, well, Nashawn Wright rather, and I spoke to him, and he was very high on how much Xavier's come in and already taken him under his wing. And he was like, he even watches me. He even watches me play and gives me feedback when I come off the field. So, again, to your point about, you know, the veteran leadership and guys being down there. And it also is different to have – a gentleman like Xavier echo the things that Joe Witt is looking for, that Al Harris is looking for, because he's he's been there, you know. So it's different when your mama tell you. <laughs> I also, you know, I also think it's that. funny, too, because I talked to both of them as well today, and I posed the same question to both of them. I said, what are you the most proud of yourself as an individual and this team for – you know, making a stride this season? Did you have a goal for yourself that you wanted to overcome? Or what's something you're really, you vet yourself on um, for what you've done so far? And both of them had a very similar answer of perseverance. And Jaron said, you know, I, I came back from injury and I still pushed myself and I never left. I've always been available for uh, myself and for my teammates. And then Nishan said, yeah, I've, I've just never stopped. I've never stopped wanting to be better. So it was interesting to hear just their perspective on that question because it could have gone any which way. But um, these are guys that they want this so bad. And, you know, it was interesting, Haley, yesterday when you said um, that the vibe was it was uplifting and good. These guys feel good going into this game. And it's not to get confused with coming off of the Washington game. That is completely out of their minds at this point and it's really solidifying to hear them talking like they are in in the locker room they're confident in him too Mm -hmm. like that was that was something I noticed from the locker room just kind of talking to guys about Xavier uh, Rhodes rather was just they seem confident in his ability to come in and um, do the job at a high level so that was encouraging to hear and just like you said just get the feel for the locker room today it seems like they are ready like getting ready for this game and eager yeah. Very eager, yeah. as you said. Yes. Yeah. Just, just ready to play football. I think that the stigma around this team and and what the playoffs looks like for the Dallas Cowboys is always a talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been digging for this soundbite for all day today because I'm going to use it in my pregame story on Sunday or on Monday rather. But on Monday when Mike McCarthy was speaking and he was asked about never beating Tom Brady, like the Cowboys never beating Tom Mm. Brady. And I loved how immediately Mike McCarthy shut that down. He said, that's not our responsibility to worry about, you know, what's been happened in the past. All we can do is worry about this game and on Monday. And so I, I have been digging and digging and digging so I can find that soundbite. So when I find (laughs) it, it's going in the story. Um, Another factor, though, of this Tampa Bay offense, obviously, is their run game, which has been uh, lackluster, to say the least. Uh, They are averaging, let me see, their rushing offense averages about 76.9 yards per game. That's good for 32nd in the league, uh, which bodes well to a run defense for the Cowboys, who has struggled this year, got a little bit better with Jonathan Hankins and Leighton Vander Esch finding his role, kind of went back 
you know, reverted a little bit, losing those guys. But now you see those guys come back. Uh, Aisha, your scouting report just on the Tampa run game. Where where are the favorable matchups there? How can the Cowboys run defense contain the massive human that is Leonard Fortnite? Oh, okay. Yeah, so what happened with them last year, well, last game, is that there was just leaky yardage. And you know that um, – Dan Quinch talked about just tackling, how important barnacles, how important tackling is, how important just all of the rally to the ball is because these guys, like as we talked about, they're not getting big plays like that. So they're trying like the yards after catch and the ability to, you know, move the chains after catching the ball is something they're looking for. And with Leonard Fournette, they were able to get him out on the edge a lot the last time the Cowboys played them. And the DNs had trouble, you know, containing. So the defense is going to have to um, hold that outside edge or be able to free release and go make the tackle. This also puts responsibility on the DBs as well to be ready and willing to come up and tackle as well. It's another thing I talked to Nashawn about today is just him and Deron Bland, especially their willingness to come up and tackle is going to be needed in this game because they attacked your corners very frequently um, in this game. It's kind of where it started to attack the edge on the Cowboys, to be honest. So, yeah, tackle, rally to the ball, trust your eyes, and yeah. And I think um, kind of like we talked about yesterday too, late, having Leighton back, he can diagnose that quickly, and he will be able to be ready to go. I think Leighton coming back, and I'm so glad Mike McCarthy called him the quarterback of the defense because it's so true. He adds that communication factor to it. But something, too, that that I really, really want to see out of this defense is keeping them behind the sticks. Those tackles for loss, you get in on Tom Brady quickly, you keep them where they're in long yardage situations, so that way Tom Brady feels that pressure, you're in his face, that is how you're going to get a lot more. You shut that run down early. like the, And, you know, to that point, too, that is what Tampa Bay's defense is going to try to do to the Cowboys' offense. They're going to try to shut the run down game early. So I think this game is going to come down to a few things, one of which being who can shut the run down earlier than the other one. And with those, and also, too, uh, there are some favorable, not necessarily favorable, but Tampa's offensive line has definitely been going through a lot of issues just as the Cowboys have. They have uh, – Tristan Wirfs coming back from injury. Um, I believe this will be his first full game back. So uh, keep a lookout for the right tackle position and then also to the left tackle position um, with Donovan Smith. Um, He's had trouble with speedy edge rushers this year. So there are going to be some opportunities. The center, as we talked about, we still don't know what's going on with that. So Cowboys DTs and their defensive line just going to have to play forward and make tackles because this offensive line can't is compromised and can't be taken advantage of in certain spots for sure. I am so glad that you brought up a question about the injuries because I have the injury report. Boom, pal. I'm going to start go. with the Bucks because I want to end with good news before we take our first break. So I'm going to start with the Bucks. Pretty lengthy, but a lot of guys who have come back. So Carlton Davis, full participant with a shoulder injury. Mike Edwards, the safety, had a hip injury, but he was full go. Mike Evans was sick. He's a full go today. Uh, the center, Robert Hainsey, hamstring, he was limited today. Okay. So looking like, obviously, he's working his way back, but obviously we'll see. Mm-hmm. Someone we haven't really had a chance to talk about, uh, Julio Jones. Sometimes mm-hmm. I forget that he's on this Bucks team, right. which is sad. Tater tots. But he's on the team. Uh, he has a knee injury, but he was a full participant today. And then they just have a handful of guys, a couple other offensive linemen on here who were limited participants. Let's see who f- anyone is. Uh, Carl Nassib, that's a big one. Mm. He had a pec injury. He was a full go today. Uh, Kyle Rudolph did not practice with a knee injury. Logan Ryan was limited with a knee. Jonathan Smith, the tackle, had a foot injury, but he's full. Vita Vea had a calf injury. 
he was limited. Hmm. So just a handful of stuff, full, full, full. I imagine with it being a longer week, you know, they're limiting the reps, so to speak. So that's that. Here, though, (laughs) is the good news. The good news, Cowboys Nation. When you look at the Cowboys practice report, there's only four players on that list. It includes Tyler Biotish, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Smith, and Leighton Vander Esch. I am happy to report that Tyler Biotish and Leighton Vander Esch were full participants in today's practice. So we've been hinting at them coming back, but... Kind of feels official now. Full go. So that's yeah. good. Demarcus Lawrence has been dealing with that foot injury for what feels yeah. like centuries. And he's told us, some, <laughs> yeah. you know, weeks ago that he's just going to play through it. So he was limited. Tyron Smith had a knee injury uh, that has him limited. So um, didn't get a chance to chat with him today. But I imagine it's just precautionary. Sure. So that is your injury report. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. But we've got a very special guest joining us on the other side of our break So be sure to join us. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To girls Talk, presented by Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I forgot the boys. We're just girls. Uh, girls talk, talk, Boys Talk. I'm going to give it to Jess because I fumbled that. I so. got you, girl. <laughs> Let's talk about the watch party because Dak Prescott and your Dallas Cowboys are heading to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the wild card round of the 2022 NFL playoffs. Come out to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for a free wild card watch party on Monday, January 16th. Cheer on the boys alongside 
the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and Rowdy while getting on your fun with lawn games, food trucks, music, and more. Gates open at 5.30 p.m. and kickoff is at 7.15. For more information, please visit DallasCowboys.com slash 2022 playoffs. Thank you so much, Jess. Go catch that watch party, and we are hopefully going to cheer the Cowboys on to victory. But we've got to also talk about the other side of the ball, and I am so excited to get to chat with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team reporter, Brianna Dix, a girl who knows our Cowboys very, very well. Brianna, thanks so much for being with us today on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Yes. Hello. How are you guys? We are so good. We are anxious for this game to get going. I'm sure you can probably feel that same way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of want to get started. One of the things that we've been talking about this week is just the the mentality of the Dallas Cowboys locker room, how they have felt after this Washington loss on Sunday versus previous loss in the past. And I know that the team right now feels – excited they feel energized ready for this game what's the vibe of the Tampa Bay locker room especially that they were able to to clinch the title this year and and as you mentioned before we came on just the up and down season that it's been what's the vibe been like right well I think earlier this week Levante David was behind the podium and I loved I feel like this instance just kind of summarizes their team mentality right now he's one of the leaders on the defense and he said that he wrote in one of the meetings on the whiteboard, he wrote, it's a new season. And, I mean, this guy knows more than anything, had a lot of disappointing seasons here in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady comes and kind of revitalizes this team. You had Bruce Arians, you had, you know, Todd Bowles, who's now the head coach, and things turned around. But he's dealt with a lot of disappointment. He knows what that's like. And now they're, for the second straight year, they won the NFC South. And now it's a fresh slate. And I think that's kind of been the mentality. They didn't exactly have the season that they wanted to, finished with, you know, losing record or eight and nine. But at this point, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that goes out the window. And on Monday night against the Cowboys in the wild card round, it, it's one and done. It's win or go home. And so that, that's the mentality that this team has. Hey, Bree. It is Jess. I wanted to ask you, because we've been keeping a very close eye on that banged-up Buccaneers O-line, what have you heard yeah. about potentially Ryan Jensen at this point? Um, it, do you think he's set to return? Have you heard anything? Because that's a that's a very big return if, if that's what's going to happen. Right. He So they activated his 21-day window. He's been practicing with the team but the coaching staff has been very vague, has not really said much about oh, me specifically in general. Um, and then kind of how that progression is going. But I think they're just taking it day by day, evaluating how he's doing. But I think the positive news is that Robert Hainsey, who left you know, the Week 18 game early with that hamstring injury, he's back practicing this week. Um, although it's kind of in a limited fashion. I think that's more of a precautionary measure leading up to this game. And then you're going to have both your tackles back. So they're going to have Tristan Wirfs. They're going to have Donovan Smith back. Who didn't play in week 18. They will be good to go. So I think that's going to be really important in going up against Dan Quinn's defense and Michael Barton's. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brianna. uh, So I have been looking at – just kind of how the the Bucks like to run their defense and how feisty and aggressive they are. Um, ha, since you covered, did you cover the team last year? Do you see a difference in just 
how Todd Bowles goes about this team being this defense, just the way they play, how aggressive they play, how feisty they are. I mean, they were last year, but there just seems like, um, especially with the front seven, these guys uh, really rally. Um, they really rally to the ball. Do you feel like there's a difference in just him being the head coach and just how the, the chemistry is now? I wouldn't necessarily say there's a difference. I think Todd Bowles really garners the respect from anyone that he's around by the way that he carries himself. Um, and I think the players really buy in and love his system. And I don't think it really matters if he was the defensive coordinator, if he's more doing the managerial side of things as the head coach. He still has a lot of say in the defense. And I think he is one of those guys that is just that that pressure guru, you know. And I think really when you even go back and look at the week one game against Dallas, you know, he had a lot of – success with his disguises up front, you know, throwing off that crust box, throwing off the Cowboys offense, you know, whether it was kind of sneaking Mike Edwards up, rushing Devin White through the A-gap or kind of crossing with Devin and Levante David. I mean, you know, they never really knew where the pressure was coming from because you have so many different players and in, in people that can have a lot of success on blitzes, on stunts. So I think one of the biggest things in this game is going to be who fools who, you know, who is right. able to, to have success with, with those disguises and coverages, the disguises up front, you know, whether it's Dan Quinn going up against Tom Brady or whether it's Todd Bowles going up against Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott. You know, I think that's going to be one of the big keys of this game and starting with how it goes at the line of in the trenches. I'm so glad that you brought up just how much um, these teams, well, the, how much the Bucks blitz. They're actually um, one of, at the top half of the league with how much they blitz, especially from the linebacker position. Um, also, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz, and so is Dak Prescott. Right. So to your point, that is very, very fantastic that those are the big factors that I think are going to play into this game as well. Thank you. Sorry, I don't know. I thought that was. I didn't think that was a question. My bad. Sorry. I, was <laughs> I, I didn't. To it. I, okay. No worries. Excuse me, Bree. I wanted to ask you just, and this is like me getting a little personal here, but what's been your experience getting to cover Tom Brady? Because I can imagine, <laughs> you know, I, I can just imagine like myself being in that situation and being a little starstruck. I had the opportunity to meet him when I was in Miami, and he was in town for F1. Uh, I covered a charity golf tournament with him and uh, so many other celebrities. But what what's it like getting to cover him on a day to day basis? What's he's like? What is he like? Like, give us the insight to the goat and what his personality is like. Right. I think. I mean, I I wouldn't say. I think when you're in this league for a long time, like I I don't necessarily think for me like starstruck is the the right word, but I've always been an admirer of his because for, for like for me personally, I am a perfectionist. I do not like to make mistakes. I'm very hard on myself personally. And I think I, I've always looked up to, to Tom because I think a lot of people forget that, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't a first round pick. He mm-hmm. wasn't a guy that was expected to be just this larger than life persona. And he got there because of his hard work, the obsession, the dedication, the tenacity, the competitiveness. That is why he is where he is. 
And I think that's been a thrill for me just to see that day in and day out, that intensity level that is always there. I mean, you see it in his eyes when he steps on the field. You know, that's just who he is. And that's something that I believe is one of the reasons why, you know, he did decide to come out of retirement and he came back because that fire is there and he loves this game. And that is why he is the best and is the greatest of all time. So that's been exciting just just for me to be around. And I think it's just a little bit of a, a motivation. You know, he's kind of a walking motivation, I think, for really anybody that that sees him and, and wants to be the best at their craft and somebody that's had success at it. But in hearing him talk, you really honestly wouldn't think that, you know, because it isn't. Like, oh, I've accomplished everything. I have every accolade you could imagine. I have all of these Super Bowl rings, all of these championships. But it's, it's this year. It's now. It's consistently striving to get better and how you can better yourself and how you can counter what the other team's defense is doing. And I think that's been really, really exciting for me this season. Well, we love hearing – well, I love seeing you thrive. Like you, you just like I told you before we started. You just look so happy. So uh, very proud of you and everything you've done. But I want to jump back to the run game for a second because uh, the run game not the Bucks' strongest suit this season. However, uh, Leonard Fournette having his best game week one, which seems like ages yeah. ago against the Cowboys. How do you think that run game for the Bucks can get established early on, and what do you see them trying to pick apart from the Cowboys' defense to get that going? Yes, love that. Well, and I know it's funny because it's like that first game where Leonard Fournette just went off really hasn't been how this season has gone at all for the Bucks. But really, I think the stats for them are a little misleading because really falling behind early is what has dictated the flow of the game for the Buccaneers. You know, they haven't really been able – to run the ball because they're behind. They're trying to play catch-up, and they're having to go with a pass-heavy script. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom's having to stand in the pocket and, and throw it 45 times. You know, I think he had, like, seven straight games where he threw 40-plus times. I mean, that is insane for a 45-year-old man, any quarterback in the NFL. But nonetheless, one that's 45 years old. You know, he wants sure. to be able to have that balanced attack, to utilize Leonard Fournette, to, to utilize Rashad White, who's had – a great season despite what staff may show but the way that the games have gone the Bucks haven't been able to dial up what they wanted to um, and so I think when you look back to week one and and honestly it seems like Tampa Bay really created the blueprint against Dallas because they forced the Cowboys corners to tackle in space you know, they got a lot of edge runs. They got into the perimeter. They bounced runs outside, whether it was Leonard Fournette utilizing his power, whether it was Rashad White's shiftiness in space. Like, that is what they did. And they made guys have to come over. They locked in the DN, and then they got these gaping holes to the outside, and the corner struggled to come up and tackle. And so, and I think you've seen a lot of other teams do that, whether it was, you know, the, the Bears against the Cowboys, whether it was Green Bay. And so I think it's, okay, can the Bucks start early? Can they sustain drives? Can they have positive yardage on first and second down to be able to 
get down the field in the pace that they want, utilizing a balanced approach so that they can dial up play action and they could do more of more of those things than what they've wanted to. Brianna, so the Cowboys have played the Bucks a couple times now, and this will be obviously the third time in this last couple of years. Do you do you make anything of um, some of Mike Mike Evans' comments this week regarding the Cowboys playing cover one, or um, Levante David's comments last year in regard to you know knowing that the Cowboys he, well they alluded to the Cowboys' offensive scheme being um, simple is the word that I I heard in the in the interview. Do you make anything of what this? I don't think it's a rivalry. I would say, but just the fact that you know there's some some contention there with these these teams, especially since they've played more frequently here l- lately. Right. No, I would say it's definitely a growing a growing rivalry. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, any team that faces each other multiple times, I think you're going to start to have that. And, you know, I think when, when I covered Dallas, Green Bay had kind of become that. You know, the Packers had become that, that rivalry. But I don't really make anything of it. And I think... I mean, I was there when, when Mike was talking about, you know, the they would root for themselves against any DB. You know, it mm-hmm. didn't matter who it was. Like, they trust their receiving core. And I think that's the mentality that you should have. I think a lot of media and a lot of people are quick to make things bulletin board material. And that wasn't condescending at all. I mean, I think any player in the NFL should trust their position group you know and he's just saying that when we're healthy when we're together when it's me when it's Chris Godwin when it's Julio Jones when it's Russell Gage like we would take ourselves over any group of DBs regardless and then I think more of the the cover one is and yes like Dan Quinn does have a tendency to use more of the the cover one the cover three um, but I, I think that was more alluding to the fact that whenever the Buccaneers played, um, the, was it, was it the game against, the game against, I can't remember if it's Panthers, oh, oh, yeah, no, the Panthers. game against Panthers, when he had just this insane three touchdown game. And even though they didn't, him and Brady didn't connect on the first beat pass down the field, the go route, he still made a concerted effort to target. Mike Evans. And, you know, the downfield passing attack is really one of the things that the Buccaneers have struggled with this season. And a lot of that goes back to the protection up front, you know, and Brady trying to do just this dink and dunk game. Um, You know, working Kate Alton over the middle field, working Chris Godwin over the middle field, Russell Gage when he's been in. But you saw that come to life against Carolina in, you know, whether they had Keith Taylor, whether it was C.J. Henderson, you know, they just left them on an island with Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. And it was a go route over and over, and he's whizzing by, and he just has this insane day. So I think any team, he's going to wish for cover one because you saw the impact that he had against the Panthers. Thank you for the context. That's why we ask. Bree, thank you so much. It's always so good to hear from the other side of the ball. You gave us a lot of good insight for us to talk about. Uh, we look forward to your coverage on Monday, and uh, may the best team win. Can I say that? Yes, yeah. Are you torn? Is she torn a little? I know. Yeah, Bree, are you torn here? I so I laugh, <laughs> like and I, I always say now that I 
am rooting for the team that pays my bills. There you go. And the team <laughs> that has become my family. There you go. So Love it. It, I will say it is strange because this is only week one, of course, being the first time. But this is only the second time in my life that I have not rooted for Dallas. Oh, well, we miss you here, Brian, but we love to see you happy and thriving. That's what matters. <laughs> thank you. Priyana Diggs, thank you so much for your time. We are going to take our second and final break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to wrap up our show right after this. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To our final few minutes here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. What you got, Jess? Well, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. You can visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for more details to join today. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I refreshed my Twitter page and... A little bit of a spoiler alert here, but on pregame live, uh, Kyle and the guys put together this really cool interactive piece where they're kind of breaking down a lot of the uh, what Tampa Bay is going to show. The first picture that pops up is uh, one of our writers, (laughs) Leighton. Oh, Leighton. uh, I'm going to try. Oh, Leighton, please. Leighton, if you're watching this. That's incredible. That is incredible content, Leighton. Leighton, you look so tough. Sign I'm so him proud up. of you for that. Sign him up. You look tough. We're at number 83. That's a good segue. 
Aisha shaking. I don't think he looks tough. He looks like Layton to me. He looks like a tough version of Layton. Y'all just be hating on poor Layton. Last week you told him he was dressed like a like I didn't say that. Oh no, you told me school teacher. You told me PTA praise and worship leader. It was anyways. Layton, you look tough, man. It's the aviator sunglasses for me. Uh, Again, we have a lot of really good stuff coming up on pregame live on Monday, so be sure to uh, join us. I think we're going a little bit longer as well so we can get all of our coverage in. So uh, if you want to see what we're talking about, you can go to Layton's Twitter at Prater Layton, or you can wait and see it on Monday. Either way, we're going to get into the offense here with our last few minutes. The Cowboys offense uh, has been one of the better offenses in the league since Dak has returned, and I think – we get away from that when we talk about Dak because the interceptions have just been so glaringly bad that that's what we've spent time talk, talking about. But this offense has been pretty good given uh, what they have. CeeDee Lamb, a top five receiver, I think, statistically, and he's mm. just grown so much over the uh, course of the season. Tony Pollard cracking the 1,000-yard mark for the first time in his career. So he's really done a lot for this offense. But something that has been a little bit of a concern that we have touched on this week is just everybody else. Yeah. on the offense. We haven't really seen a ton of Michael Gallup. We haven't we have seen Noah Brown, but it's not been in the way that we want to see Noah Brown. We're not seeing him be very successful. Of course, you got TY Hilton in there making an impact as well, but I've been asking all week with Mike McCarthy, you know, what is going on with Michael Gallup? Like why are we not seeing him more? Why is his skill set not being utilized? What's going on? And when I asked him that question earlier in the week, he told me that it's very important for them to get Michael back into the mix. He said ball distribution is one of their number one priorities when it comes to being on the field, which was interesting to me. When I talked to Michael a little bit today, and I know we all had conversations with him, but Michael just kind of shared to me that, you know, it is what it is. He's kind of just waiting for his number to be called, and he knows that he can make those plays, and he's available, you know, to make them. Uh, but I just, I'd love to get your take just from a field standpoint and maybe hear what you chatted with him about in the locker room because sure. I think it's interesting just, you know, we, we begged and we pleaded and we couldn't wait for him to come back, and now he's back, and it's almost like he's still not here. Yeah, um, I I believe I said this like a few months, about a month ago. It's just curls and just a lot of the way that the Cowboys wide receiver, like the passing scheme is, in my humble opinion, is not favorable to someone like MG that is coming back from ACL where planting is difficult or just those long progressive routes. Like we saw him in Spurs be successful with the slants, with the quick stuff and stuff. So, And he also is a guy that you kind of want to get going early and just get the ball in his hand. So I am – I'm not going to say I'm concerned, but I I feel indifferent about what's going on with the, re- the rest of the receiver core just because going into the playoffs, like – it's, it's that time. Like, your playmakers got to come. They have to be threats. They got to come be out there and, and make a difference on the field. And right now it feels like how do you get those guys going? It's so it, – it's, it's do or die time right now. So if there's going to be an emphasis to get them involved, they just have to be, like we talked about, just ready for your opportunities. I think most of the guys that we talked to – I mean, I talked to today were just like, okay, when the ball – it is my opportunity – I just have to make the best out of it and do what I have to do. But going into the playoffs, you want your playmakers to be playmakers. So I hope that those guys put instill confidence in the other gentlemen so they can come together because it needs to be all hands on deck, right? Mm. Yeah. I, so 
So it's funny. You you asked me, oh, what were you and Michael Gelb talking about? We are talking about a lot of things, one of which being his son. He I know. He loves his son he showed, Did so he show much. you the video of the he milk? He did. Girl. He did. The video with the milk. <laughs> he um, He was asking to see pictures of Wit and how big Wit has gotten, my dog. So, um, again, um, just really enjoy talking to Michael Gallup. He's one of those guys in the locker room that you can just talk to. But um, when, I, when I was talking to him, I just said, are you ready? How are you feeling? How's your body feeling? And he feels good. I think um, – what I've been noticing and, you know, just looking at from an outside perspective is I, I feel that they, Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, they always talk about their toolbox. They always talk about this offensive toolbox that they have. I just don't know if with the amount of talent you have within this wide receiver group or even your tight end group that Kellen Moore knows how to distribute that equally in an amount that helps everybody out because I think um, bringing TY made that a little bit more of a uh, confusing time to how much do you get TY involved when do you get TY involved so I think it's just been more of a not trying time for the offensive scheme I think it's just what what needs to happen and what I I want to see this week is going back to the basics and utilizing your strengths from every single one of your guys so CD he's your number one guy Sure, we've been seeing that. T.Y., he's your third down guy, but getting him a little bit more uh, reps within those first and second downs as well. Obviously, you want to run the ball, get that established. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's your sideline guy. He's your make your plays in the air kind of guy. Utilize that when you can. I just, I think it's playing up on their strengths and knowing what those strengths are. So I'm just going to be curious to see how the game plan looks going into this game specifically because this is a game where again you have to be quick that center position is going to be vital for that we talked about that yesterday that o-line it starts there and it opens up for the rest of the game so i just really want to see that toolbox that that we always hear about play to everybody's strengths and stick to that because it works when it works Michael Gallup, over the last five games, you see Washington, one reception on six targets for 10 yards, uh, four targets, three receptions for 39 yards against Tennessee, four receptions on seven targets for 36 yards against Jacksonville, two targets for one reception in just two yards, and then against Houston, two receptions on six targets for 40 yards. Uh, and that's just Michael Gallup. I know we're running tight on time, but I think that the the point here is when you're facing a Tom Brady, you're, you're facing a guy who's going to get it done no matter what. I mean, he's the GOAT for a reason, right? So I think you really have to to dig into that toolbox to steal that from Jess and, and really utilize your strengths. Yeah. And I think Michael Gallup is one of your strengths. Or your, I mean, and if, if not there, then uh, your tight ends. Like, um that's something that I, when I was looking at Tampa's defense is that there's opportunity in the middle of the field. There's going to be opportunity for Tony Pollard and just with the intermediate and, you know, short, short passes, dump off passes, stuff like uh, if you're not going to if if, if Mike if Michael Gallup is not going to be involved. I would at least like to see more of the tight end packages and those guys get involved as well. I mean, like yeah. you said, you got tools in the toolbox. Like you do have You have those. very valuable tools. It's too. just that they've been they've been being how they used to do them in Toy Story. They write they picture on the what what their toys what? they leave in it. Like it's a baby toolbox. You just leave it you leave it. Yeah. You play oh, with some of them and you right, leave and you, it. Yeah. No, that's. Oh, I, I'm sorry, it's such a bad analogy. I just started thinking about. I was no, like, Toy Story. Yeah. I love Disney. I did, I'm not yeah. so excited. I, I hear you. Oh, I got you, but I, again, it's just. I get you. I, I'm a child. I feel I'm like, sorry. 
it's again, you kind of just go back to the start to say, what do each of these individuals bring that is their strength? And you play up to those strengths. Don't try to make it more than what it is. Go back to the basics, which I feel like we've heard a lot of that this week. So do you got time? Do you have time? They don't have a choice. That's what I'm. You don't have. You don't have a choice to have time. That's what I'm saying. Like in this game right here, like you don't got time for drop passes. You don't have time for deflections. You don't have time for guys slipping on routes. You don't have time. Like your playmate, you got to get your your ball in your playmaker's hands and let them make plays. So and the game plan has to be set to get the ball in their hands. Barnacles. All right. <laughs> yeah. I I believe this should be a game where Dak, you know, he talks about being aggressive and we didn't get a chance to talk to him today. We'll hear right. from him and C D tomorrow. But this is a game where all that talk of I'm an aggressive quarterback, this is the way that I like to play, this is my style. Yeah. This is where that comes into fruition if it works. Right. Like there's got to be some I'm not going to change who I am because this is the quarterback I am. And that's fine. Right. Mike defended that today, too. Mike said, you know, I don't want to change. I can't change the way my quarterback plays. I can't change the way he does it. All I can do is support him and help correct him along the way. This is the game where you have to see Dak Prescott take ownership of that. He has to say, like, yeah, I'm an aggressive quarterback, but I'm also not going to put my team in compromising situations because I literally cannot afford to. Yes. I I can't, period, point blank. So I'm excited to chat with him tomorrow. I know he's sick and tired of talking about the interceptions, but they have to get talked about because he has 15 through 12 games, and that is the worst of his career. So that being said, guys, we hope you have a happy Thursday. Uh, We are going to be back tomorrow on – no, we won't. Tomorrow's Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Today's the last day. This is our Friday. This is so strange. (laughs) Isn't it weird? It feels weird. so weird. It feels weird. (laughs) Whatever. so strange. (laughs) Well, we will be back when we're back. I'm not sure when we're back. We'll be back Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. We'll have Christy on Tuesday. Tuesday. Cool. Go Cowboys, guys. I think this is a good game. It's an exciting game. They are excited to play this game. I know we're excited to watch. So, We will see if they take our advice here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk and come back with a win from Tampa. (laughs) That'll that'll do it for us here on the pod. We will see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?